This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. You're listening to Busher and this is Leilink on Joy 94.9 coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. Send me a text on 0427 Joy 949 or email at onair at joy.org.au. Now on tonight's show I'm joined in the studio by Dr Carla Cleveland, a professional osteopath, a university lecturer hmm, and a recent author of an exciting new book, Back Body and Soul the Dr. Cleveland way. Now, if you have any messages or you want any questions asked, you know, I'll give you that message, that phone number again. We can text and email and ask Carla all her advice on all things osteo. Mm-hmm. Yes, feel free to send through some questions. Yes, welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you, Basha. Good evening, Melbourne. Good evening, yes. And so, yeah, we'll be talking all about osteo, the hurdles and the insights of publishing and also, of course, about her book, But we'll get to that in a moment. Now, I read something really interesting this week online, and I thought I'd share it with you all. It was was just a post that someone put up, and they just sort of said, you know, let's let's have a think about this. So this one person is talking to this other person, and they're basically saying, oh, you're a firefighter, paramedic, or EMT. That's cool. I always wanted to do that when I was a kid. What do you make? What do you make? Hmm. To this, the the lovely lady basically said, I make holding your hand seem like the biggest thing in the world when I'm cutting you out of a car. I make five minutes seem like a lifetime when I go into a burning house to save your family. I make those annoying sirens seem like angels when you need them. I can make your children breathe when they stop. I can help you survive a heart attack. I make myself get out of bed at 3am to risk my life to save people I've never met. Today, I might make the ultimate sacrifice to save your life. I make a difference. What do you make? Now, I basically saw that and thought, that's very interesting because I think we take for granted a lot of people in this world. And and some of them are, of course, you know, all the people that put their lives on the line to look after us and help us out, such as nurses, you know, ambulance drivers who are doing it quite tough at the moment. You know, you see all those messages on the back of uh, ambulances. It's like, yes, we've got to show them support. You know, the nurses are doing it tough as well. And all those people in those areas, give a thought to these people. Don't neglect them. Don't dismiss them. Remember that they risk their lives every day and maybe one day they save your life. So send me and Carla a text on 0427 JOY 949 or email at onair at joy.org.au. So if you have any questions for Carla about anything osteo, just send us a message. You're listening to Busher. This is Leilink on JOY 94.9. You're listening to Busher and this is Leilink on Joy 94.9. Send me a text on 0427JOY949 or email at onair at joy.org.au. Now tonight in the studio I'm joined by Carla. Hello Carla. Hello. Hello. Now Carla is a professional osteopath, a university lecturer and a recent author of an exciting new book, Back Body and Soul, The Dr. Cleveland Way. Now we'll talk about the book a little bit later, but what I'd like to start to talk about is osteo. So how long have you been an osteopath? Uh, For about 14 years I've been an osteopath. It's quite a long time. Yes, time flies when you're having fun. Yes. 
And what does it involve? So what kind of schooling, training does one require to become an osteo? Well, it's very in-depth. People don't realise it's actually a five-year double degree or degree master's program. It's basically full-time for five years. You sort of don't have much of a life. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit like becoming a medical doctor in a way, except you specialise in treating the body's aches and pains. So headaches, lower back pain, sports injuries, even, you know, aches and pains, stomach aches, treat kids, babies, depends on the practitioner and the clinic, there's different specialities. So basically we do heaps of science-based subjects and then we specialise in sort of clinically diagnosing problems and giving effective management as quickly as possible really. Okay. And what exactly does an osteo do? Well, osteopaths are a little bit different to other some of the other similar professions. We do a lot of hands-on work. We do a lot of massage and unwinding before we might sort of manipulate or help people know crack the joints. I mean, we don't rely on that, but that is a source of relief for a lot of people. So it's very holistic. The philosophies are a little bit different to some of the other professionals. And I think most people, when they see an osteopath, they don't look back. It's... Yes, well, because you are actually, well, used to be my osteopath. (laughs) I made myself redundant. I was too good. Yes, you were. And you just, yes, you you, you made, yes, many wonderful suggestions that have helped me. And yes, you did make yourself, unfortunately, redundant. But yes, I did actually like the fact that you're probably one of the few people, I have some back issues, and you're one of the few people who, when you first started treating me, that you actually walked around the room and looked at my back my posture you made me stand in certain stances and you you know and looked at me in certain angles and that and I was like oh no one's ever done that before (laughs) it's called looking holistically at the whole body and and uh, trying to balance things and obviously you know you were one of my guinea pigs when I did my book stretches you went through step by step and did all the stretches and the next day you were like oh gosh actually my pain's gone away now (laughs) Yes, like <laughs> yes, basically, for the listeners that don't know, so in Carla's book, she's got all these lovely stretches. And what we decided to do was we decided to test out if what was in the book, the explanations made sense. So Carla read out to me these stretches and then I tried to do said stretches. And then she realized that maybe that doesn't make sense to a non-osteo. And yeah, I've got to say that I seriously felt really relieved and I had that those slight pains were, were gone the next few days. I couldn't believe it. I was walking around going, oh, wow. It actually works. It does actually work. So, you know, incorporating that into your daily routine is, 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 very, is very helpful. Now, yeah. yeah, so assessing patients, so you'll look at a more holistic way. So you'll actually look at certain parts of their body and then you'll sort of step back and, and maybe move them into positions to say, okay, this is what's happening. Is that yes? Yeah, or? so we basically take a, a history just to gauge, you know, sort of things that might be aggravating that gives us hints as to what's happening in their body. And then we'll go through some assessments and basically try and come up with the diagnosis and then do a management plan but we're sort of that's what I teach the students at university was problem solvers trying to work out what is the thing that's causing the problem in the first place and trying to make changes structurally and in their daily life to help them. Because you don't also, also just look at, so you look at the, the muscles and the and the bones and you look at sort of everything, is that correct? Yeah, osteo means bones, mm-hmm. but that's because the founder of osteopathy used to look at the bony processes to work out how the muscles pulled, but it's actually very holistic and looks at the muscles and the bones and the joints and yeah, all the soft tissues. And yes, yeah, some of the, the treatment you did give me did feel like a very deep, intense massage. Yeah, well, you had a lot of tension there. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did have a lot of tension. <laughs> Don't have that anymore, but thank you. At the time, I did have a... HR a, a, is very stressful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And yes, yeah. other things in life are also very stressful. But yes, it is It is stressful. And yes, you do. 
I find that sitting at a desk all day, you do tend to have bad posture because you're hunched over a desk and you just forget about it. Yeah, it's, it's big. We treat so many people that, you know, are in the corporate world and get aches and pains, neck, shoulder pain, headaches, basically just because their muscles getting fatigued and they're getting tired and it's causing um, stress through the joints. So there's some simple things that they can do to sort of strengthen those and make sure you have the right chair as well. That makes a big difference, which is also it's all in the book. Yes, it is. And it's, it's funny to see actually, so using like, I find that occasionally if I haven't used a mouse for a very long time and then I'm stuck using a mouse that that my, my wrist and my hand actually get quite a bit sore. Yeah. And that you don't even realise these things. Well, it's, it's the body copes with change uh, slowly. It copes well. Mm-hmm. But if you do subtle changes, it doesn't cope well. So that's, yeah, key point. Just start slowly. So once you make the assessments of the client, then you look at them and you then figure out a, a training regime or a treatment plan and things like that. And then you'll set up some sort of a, a regime of what they do. Yeah, well, generally find with most people, they get significantly better in within three treatments over three weeks. And then you might sort of spread things out after that and just uh, manage their pain during that time and then we I would suggest having a regular tune-up which we're going to talk a little bit later (laughs) to keep things unwound and does everyone get homework or is it just me (laughs) Um, everyone gets a little bit but it depends how compliant you are quite motivated so yeah I remember when I started to to see you as a patient I was in a lot of pain at that time and I remember actually some of my back pain would get so bad that I'd actually be be short of being in tears yeah so in that case you've got to make a lot of change if there's not a lot of change required then you you can make some little adjustments and the body will compensate but if you're getting a lot of pain and you know a lot of stiffness and you're also training very heavily at the time and you wanted to make changes you're very motivated so I could see that and um, gave you a lot of homework as a result. Oh, is that why? See, it was my own diligence that gave me homework. So if I wasn't as diligent, I wouldn't have got homework. No, but look at oh, you now. I know, I know, I know. My back's all straight now. It's about the only thing about me that's straight. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we'll just keep that for another story. So, yes, yeah, so you've written this book. We'll just get a little bit into the book. How long, sorry, how long did it take you to write the book? Uh, it took about a year. A year. Intense, right? Really? Yeah. Wow. That's a long time. Yeah, well, while you're working and playing beach volleyball and all those other things you do in life. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, oh, that was pretty much from woe to go. Yeah, probably maybe three to six months to actually write. And the editing took probably the longest. What motivated you to write the book? Well, I just found I was telling people the same things over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to, I love empowering people to be able to help themselves to have better health and wellness. So I just thought it'd be great to have all the information in one resource that people, you know, the other side of the world could access. You know, when I did a a festival recently, the Mind, Body, Spirit Festival, I had a lady come in from Ireland and brought the book and I thought, oh, that's cute. It's going to be sitting in someone's lounge room in Ireland while they're having a Guinness. And with the... (laughs) Not during treatments, though. (laughs) Unless she stretches really well. That would be good, actually, getting a good stretch in to get that Guinness. But So, yes, so you said the editing process. How long did the editing process take? Oh, at least uh, six months. It was the longest process. So when they say writing the book's the easy bit, that's actually true. 
So editing really takes, wow, I didn't expect six months. So you send them a manuscript, they edit it and they send it back and what you then re-edit it and they keep, is this process sort of that sort of Yeah, so, well, sometimes sort of thing. you've got to go through the process yourself first a number of times. I mean, the, depending on the publisher that you get, it can cost a lot of money to do more and more edits. So you're better off to do that yourself first until you're really, really happy with it. I had different friends read it initially and they would give me feedback and then I'd rewrite it and rewrite it. So Interesting. And we'll talk a little bit after the break about the process, but we're going to get into some of the book and talk about the tune-up because mm-hmm. that's what that's a particular favourite of mine. Yeah, it's and a we'll big explain part of the book. to yes, and we'll explain to everyone what the tune-up process actually is because they don't know what we're talking about. You're listening to Basha. This is Leilink on Joy ninety four point nine. Send me and Carla a text on 0427 Joy nine four nine or email at onair at joy you're listening to Basha and this is Leilink on Joy 94.9, coming to you live from Melbourne, Australia. Send me and Carla a text on 0427 Joy 949 or email at onair at joy.org.au. Now tonight I'm joined in the studio by Dr. Carla Cleveland, who is talking to us all things osteo. Hello, Carla, again. Hello. Now, Johnny sent us a message. He's saying that interesting so far and that he suffers from chronic neck and shoulder pain. Any advice? Well, firstly, uh, Johnny needs to make sure he gets a diagnosis from a health professional. That's correct. So may need to have some investigations, maybe even an x-ray, depending on the situation. Try and get therapists that actually helps him to get some relief. And then it's really a case of uh, improving posture, stretching out tight muscles, muscles that might be happening because of you know sitting or other sort of stress that might happen in someone's life. Something else that's important is diet. Diet can have a big factor. Sometimes if you eat a lot of sugary products that can make pain worse. So you had a bit of a good tip that I passed on to you with your neck and shoulder pain. What the uh, pillow? Yeah, so getting a pillow that suits your neck <laughs> and keeps your spine in neutral when you're lying on your side. So sometimes the contoured pillows are really good. Uh, sometimes the flatter ones are good. It just depends on the individual patient. So yeah. Yes, that was one of the, the keys that resulted in me no longer having to see you because that was the last hurdle I had was sometimes I'd wake up with neck and shoulder pain and yes you did recommend and I did buy a selection of types of pillows and then found I had the perfect one and woke up in the morning going oh, oh. this is good. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to get it treated first to get it all ironed out and then you got to try and work out what's make it worse and try and minimize those things so it's it's yeah, yeah. that was one thing that I was doing I was also with my personal trainer I was getting him to focus on strengthening the muscles in my back so we were doing a lot of exercises so you were doing a lot of the treatments and the stretching and I was getting him to like build those muscles and 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 do that so yeah and I found that that really helped me to incorporate sort of everything in that direction to resolve that I'm not saying my back's perfect but it's it's a lot better than it was yeah that's it it's just about being pain-free and having quality life so you can do the things that you love really exactly so there you go Johnny Johnny. there's also a good stretch I have in the book it's it's called the smelling the armpit stretch so oh yeah that was a personal not favorite of mine when I read that called the trapezius stretch yes that's a much nicer The other one paints a a more accurate picture, though, don't you think? Well, yeah, everyone knows exactly what (laughs) it is that you're doing. Now, in your book, you were discussing the tune-up regime. 
Could yes. you explain to us a little bit about this chin-up regime so our listeners know what it is? Well, I explained to my patients that, you know, we get our car serviced regularly so we don't have any breakdowns, but we don't often get our body serviced. Sometimes you don't get treatment for, you know, a couple of years, five years, and then we expect it to function and, not, you know, have all these stresses in our lives and put it under pressure and, and not have any pain. So and people tend to sort of abuse their bodies at times, I think. Yes. Yes, that can happen. So, yeah, it's just all about having balance in your life and having a bit of a tune-up keeps things unwound. It loosens off some of those tight muscles. It gets the joints moving again and, and tends to keep pain at bay. So you want to prevent having an overhaul. Uh, so have a regular little <laughs> tune-up instead. Yeah, gut the whole car out and start new. Yeah, that sort of doesn't work with people. <laughs> now, years ago when I was living on the Gold Coast when I was playing beach volleyball, I had this great idea of having a combi and you know, so I could have a sleep in between my beach volleyball training sessions, a little fridge and have a little snack. And my combi had to get serviced every 5,000 Ks. And I was like, well, why is it 5,000 Ks instead of 15,000 Ks? And it just got me thinking that you know, different bodies need a service more regularly. The prestige type would need a tune-up every one to two weeks whereas you know the runabout or I call also the tanks they can go for more like you know two to three months without a tune-up so that might be acupuncture osteopathy massage whatever works for your body type really so yeah yeah it's just having a system that works so what you've done is you've actually compared our more or less our bodies or our our, ourselves Mm. to two different types of cars yeah so you'll have the prestige car you'll have the sports car the wagon the ute the classic the runabout and the tank yeah which one are you basha I'm actually the ute. It's <laughs> like, great. I didn't like that one. I was like, I don't want to be a ute. Sorry, That's not, not stereotypical. It's not very glamorous, is it, that one? No, it's not. But at the moment, I think I'm a little bit of a, a runabout because I'm, I'm a bit busy and I think I'm neglecting my yes, my health and fitness. Naughty. Yeah, I not am. Not following the regime. No, I'm not. And I, and I feel it. I can feel it in the back that it's occasionally you just, it twings and goes, it reminds me to say, hey, uh, yeah. You're not sitting properly or you haven't stretched me out in a while and yes. Yes. You know, you might just... be getting other TLC that's helping you though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that it does always help, you know, makes it a little bit easier. But yes, the fact that you, you in your book you compared me to a Ute, I just I understand. I just personally it just sort of it hurt it hurt me. <laughs> well the Ute's very durable. It's physically active, often trades people or people that do a lot of sport fit into this category, so there's some pretty souped-up utes out there, Bash. I know, I know. I, I, I just, it's, it's nothing about you and the book. It's just something about me. It was just a personal thing about the ute. I don't know. At least I'm not, I guess, a wagon, so that's sort of, you know. I don't know. I just have these images when I see these cars, and I just think of the people who drive the cars as opposed to the actual car, and that's what you're trying to tell us. It's not the person driving the car. It's the actual car. Oh, I, should have, I should have put pictures in for you. Yeah, see, that would have been better. But yeah, you've got like, I think at the moment I'm sort of a runabout. So it runs on very little maintenance, uh, rarely seeks treatment unless has an injury. Yeah. Easy to fix, tune-up maintenance, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm sort of leaning towards that at the moment because I just don't have time. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you look after yourself for a period of time and you make better choices, you end up uh, not needing treatment as regularly. So that's probably why you're falling into ca- that category. Otherwise, you'd be giving me a call. Yes, now you do have some sort of some questions and some things leading up to how you figure out which which body type you are. Yeah, so it depends. So you just read through the little book and you find out what you are and then you find out what suits you, correct? Yeah. And then you try that out and see if it works for you and if you have less pain and better quality of life. 
Yes, because you've asked here a few questions and they sort of rate you in a scale and then with that scale you use that to then find out which body type, uh, yeah, which car type you are. So yeah. I was going to say body type, but that's car type, see? Well, that's both. There's yeah. body types that relate to the car types. Which, which car are you? Well, when I was playing elite sport, I would have put myself in the sports car category. Oh, really? I'd agree with that, yes, yes. <laughs> and now I'm more of a classic. I need a tune-up every you know, month to six weeks, and if I have uh, more stress or you know, longer hours at university or do more training, then I'll you know, jump up to the, the ute or the wagon category like yourself. Okay, and this is the, the most popular body type you've written here? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's sort of where people. most people sit. Yeah. So sort of, yeah, they don't, you know, unless you've got chronic pain or you've got problems, you, you know. Yeah, if you've got chronic pain and you're needing, you're in pain pretty much every day, then you're more in the prestige category. So I was a period of time, like, because I had a bad surfing accident years ago, hurt my neck. They thought I might have fractured my neck and ended up having to have lots of osteopathic treatment and I would have been in more of the prestige category now. But then, but now, like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I don't get much pain at all, but I do have a regular tuna. So. I think I've, I've noticed myself that people who suffer from chronic pain, I think they forget that they suffer from chronic pain. They forget what it's like not to have pain. Mm, it drains you. And then they don't realise, and when they wake up one day and they realise that they're not in pain, they, they take that as a shock because they're like, oh, is this what I'm supposed to be Yeah, a lot of people, like? when you treat them, they're like, it's so much better. And you're like, yeah, but that's what's supposed to happen. And they're like surprised. I know, because I was finding that, that I was sleeping a lot better because I was just sleeping all the way through the night where I used to wake up in the middle of the night and sort of be tossing mm-hmm. and turning and, and, and I'd feel my back. And, and then I was finding that I'd sleep those seven or eight hours, if I could give myself that, and just, you know, you're just sleep that way. all the time? <laughs> no, Keeping me partying? Never. No, 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 no. I'm a good girl. <laughs> No, but you know what I mean? And that's the, that was something that was for me was important because I remember when I was looking for something to help me, I didn't sort of know, I didn't know what I was looking for. Yeah, well, I, that's, that's what I suggest in the book is about just trying different people, getting a word of mouth recommendation and then sort of following on from that to try and find someone that suits your body type and you get benefit from. So it's whatever works for you really. Yeah. Yeah, because I think yeah, I think as I said, I like the I like the attachment to the cars because people are quite diligent about it getting their cars yeah. serviced, and you have that sticker in your car, and every day you get in your car, it's there on your windshield, and it tells you in this many kilometres, please get a service, <laughs> and we forget about that with ourselves. Yeah, we need you something know. on our forehead. <laughs> <laughs> that might not be a good idea, but you know, maybe somewhere in the in the bathroom, just a little sticker that says, "Remember your next service is in you know one month yeah. or something." <laughs> that we remember to do this because I think that yeah, as we get busy, we forget. Yeah, and you don't realise the damage you're sometimes causing that you're going to have pain from later on. Yeah, and then when you forget these things, yeah, then it causes bigger problems down the track and it actually ends up causing you a lot more pain and stress than had you got it quickly treated and, and dealt with, see? Prevention. Prevention. Is, a cure. Mm, oh. And on those lovely advice, we'll be back <laughs> after these songs and messages. So you're listening to Basha and Carla. This is Lay Link on Joy 94.9. You're listening to Busher. This is Lay Link on Joy 94.9. Send me a text on 0427 Joy 949 or email at onair at joy.org.au or head over to the joy.org.au homepage and on the right-hand side of the screen you can find our banner. Click on that and you can connect to us with social media. So you can find our Facebook banner there and like us. Speaking of Facebook, Carla, we are joined in the studio with Dr. Carla. I'm just going to call you Dr. Carla now. <laughs> And she's talking to us all things osteo. Now, how do people get in touch with you? So what is your Facebook page? I have a Facebook page called Back Body and Soul. All one word? Uh, all separate. 
Okay, so back, body, and soul. Yep. And they find you, they like you, they yeah, can follow you. if they want to get the book, you can look up backbodyandsoul.co. Um, I do have a personal Facebook page, just my name, Dr. Carla Cleveland, but I don't put as much information on there as I do on the Back Body and Soul page. So just, you know, a little bit of information and inspirational quotes and you can get in touch with me via And if that. they want to get the book, where should they go to look for this? They can look up PH phbooks.com.au or go to backbodyandsoul.co and they'll just type in backbody and soul and the book comes up that's right that is wonderful now someone sent us a text saying look at page 74 it's my favorite all right hold on it's a popular page oh yes that one yes i do remember this one sex and your back Mm. (laughs) that one gets a lot of attention Yes, it, it does get a lot of attention. My girlfriend actually read that, that chapter first. Yeah, really? It was the first chapter she read in your book when she got the copy. It was like, ah, okay. I'm not going to make any further comment about that. <laughs> but yes, you're talking about how the fact is that, that you need to stretch before as you're getting a bit older and <laughs> you stuff. You get caught up with that. I know. No, 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 because no, you need to do these things before just to ensure that you don't injure yourself during the process any exercise it's important to start from a neutral base and if you've got a lot of tightness from any particular reason already when you do exercise yes then you're at risk of having an injury if you're doing something that you're unaccustomed to then obviously there's always the potential with any exercise I recommend getting the body sort of limbered up and yeah and obviously I talk about you know things to do with positional stuff where you're not going to put your spine in awkward positions for extended periods of time that are likely are going to cause problems. Yeah, so, so it's maybe using some support common stuff sense and things like and that. Yeah. always about safe sex. Yes, of course. Talking yes. to people. I mean, we... As an osteopath, we talk about everything. We learn about everything and we ask patients all these sort of, you know, intimate questions. So for us, it's not really taboo. So I think a lot of people don't really fess up about things unless they have a very good relationship with their practitioner. But we're sort of used to hearing about things. So we actually, you know, can give people a good, honest impression of what's going on with that information in mind. So, you know, it's important to talk about these things. Yes, because it's not really the place where you want to be injuring yourself. But I can imagine that that's how you could, you know, sort of put the mood in because you'd be standing there in the bedroom just doing a few stretches, you know, (laughs) and your your significant other walks into the room and you're like, hey, stretching here, what does that mean? (laughs) And they ask you if you're going for a run and you say no, other exercise. (laughs) Hint, hint, hey. So that's good. So so thank you for that very much, listener. And yes, 74, yes, it it is a lovely chapter well worth a read and it it is no it is good because it is something that I read and and I did like the the, the tongue-in-cheek but I did like the seriousness of it because I think it's something that people do forget that it is a place where unfortunately you could injure yourself if you're trying to exert yourself or do something that possibly might not be able you know you shouldn't do yeah well I was thinking do I go there or do I not and then I was like okay I've got to go there no, you got to go there. Yeah. There's also a bit about uh, ergonomics and in the bedroom, which is related to, you know, the type of bed you have. And, you know, I know so many people that have problems with their beds because uh, they're not supporting their spine. So, yeah, I think those, uh, they're very important to talk about. Yeah, I know. A lot of people, I think, buy very cheap beds and they don't realise that they spend actually, you know, you spend a third of your, your day yeah. in that bed minimum. Mm. And, you know, it's important to have a, a well you know a good a good bed with a good mattress and and a lot of support yeah like the pillow because if you don't have these things you're not getting that restful night's sleep and your body's not recovering 
Yeah, and I usually find if people are getting pain in the morning, it's usually from what they've done the day before or it's from their bed. So that's just my, you know, my take on things. So, Okay, so what advice would you give the listeners in regards to back, body and soul? So what should they do? If um, they could give them one piece or a couple of pieces of advice. Mm, gosh, well... <laughs> 62,000 words into a couple of words. (laughs) It's just about having a regular tune-up, doing some intermediate exercise, uh, stretching afterwards. And there's also a chapter in there about emotions and how they could affect the body. And I think self-love, self-worth is a really key factor to be aware of and to be kind to yourself. So it's all about finding that balance, that middle ground. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so why do you think many people neglect their general health and well-being? Well, I think sometimes we're on a quest to find out what we can get away with, how efficient we can become. Sometimes it's time, sometimes it's money. We just don't value our body or our health as much. We don't think, you know, 30 years down the track, what implications the choices we're going to have now are going to make. So it's just important to, you know, consider overall balance with your health and and try and be a little bit kinder to your body. Yes, and I think that also entails also a bit of healthy eating as well yeah well diets diets a big thing and I talk a lot about that I've tried all sorts of diets along the way and yeah it's really important to find what works for you there's so much information out there it's just it's very confusing so you've just got to work out what works for you and what's efficient for your body yeah because I know that when I sort of went into my big health kick and I started to really watch about what I eat I sort of I forgot the fact that food is also an enjoyment I turned all my food into like Mm fuel Hmm. and I would eat purely for fuel purposes and I would convert everything oh this is good you know this is good Hmm. food and this is good this is healthy food and then it was like oh yeah you're supposed to also enjoy it it gets very boring (laughs) and you feel depressed about it all no what I didn't get that I just I just forgot to have that passion about about cooking and food and then it was like oh I've forgotten about this whole thing and then it was like a thing that I now I try to balance it so I'll eat healthy but yes I will do the the sinning and stuff you know come on we've all got to yeah but well they but, say it's more important to enjoy if you're gonna eat chocolate to enjoy it than eat it and feel guilty about it so yeah that's a, it's a big part of it yeah see I find when I crave a food that I'll actually eat it straight away because I find if I deny myself that food and I then this has been proven that if you deny yourself that food After a while, the craving gets so strong that instead of just having a couple of pieces of, let's say, chocolate, you'll eat the whole block. Yeah. Well, you've also got to think about why you're craving it and if there's other underlying reasons, like you might... Something's missing in your life. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, like I talk about in the book, it's very holistic and it's working out what works for you. Like I've just done a bit of a regime the last six weeks and, you know, just cutting out certain foods out of my diet and I've got a few online courses that I'm going to run as well. And, you know, I've just lost five kilos. I feel fitter I feel clearer you know my skin's improved and it's really just for making a few small changes in my diet so it's it's pretty amazing yeah I think people forget that you can actually cook healthy and and, you know you can cook yourself a healthy meal in 10-15 minutes it's it's not really that hard to do just to chop a few veggies and a bit of meat or whatever it is you're eating and just and to eat that instead of thinking okay I have to go get some takeaway because I'm time poor and you can be a little bit bad here and there and and not give yourself a hard time and just keep going that's it that's that's very important now in regards to publishing what was one of the things what was the one of the processes that surprised you the most just like I said earlier, that writing it's actually the easiest bit. It's all the editing and finding someone that actually writes with the same style as you that you like, that fits in with what, what you want to achieve. 
Mm. So that's really important. Now you've got a lot of photos in here because you're describing all the uh, stretches and the different exercises and you're actually showing them. How was it taking those photos? Because you're on a beach during these photos. Yeah, well, it was actually winter and it was very early in the morning <laughs> and it was freezing cold. I think my butt cheeks were shaking into <laughs> my teeth. Well, you can't see it on the photo, so that's no, at least a credit to the very, cameraman. Very toned. <laughs> and we had to get all the photos before the sun came up because of the because of the shadows. Yeah, of course. So it was yeah. very cold. So all these people walking past, walking their dogs, all rugged up and I'm in, you know, fairly skimpy clothes for that sort of weather yes and it looks I'm like you're in sort of a yoga cool, gear outfit cool, yes trying to act cool and serene and trying to stretch in the different thing because of course they yeah. don't get it all on one shot so they've got to do a few and shots yeah, it's freezing cold and you're trying to get these <laughs> flexible poses everybody's <laughs> like i'm not ready and someone's dog's walking past the shot it's like no quick yeah, that, shot. that's it <laughs> but no so, it was a lot of fun so what was one of the most valuable lessons you learned about the publishing process something you didn't actually think you were going to learn I just, I guess, you know, I met some amazing people that were really supportive and I think it's really the people that help you in the process that Mm -hmm. are very important. So it's about finding the people that are on the same page as you that can help you out. And I mean, it's just the most amazing feeling to actually publish a book and have it finished and have a book launch and you sort of, everything just comes together and everything sort of makes sense, you know, when you actually complete it. It is a lot of work, but it's just, it's well worth it if you, you know, follow through they say that everyone's got a book in them I know I've heard that I don't believe that but (laughs) (laughs) but 90% of books uh, go to the grave because people just don't have the courage or the follow through to finish it but you know it's important to have a go and you know if that's what you want to do but it is a tough industry and Mm. people make it sound very glamorous but it's it's quite now with self-publishing it's probably a lot easier to actually get books out there because you can do it yourself you know and even ebooks you don't have to do the old traditional books anymore so I'm guessing that sort of opened that avenue up for people to allow people to actually put their ideas out there into the world because they see that it's actually not that difficult to do yeah I just would find it personally difficult to give away my story and and give it to someone and say okay here now edit it yeah well everyone's a publisher (laughs) these days why what have you got to hide no no I'm just saying I would find that no because you're you're giving if you've written a story because I couldn't write a book like this if I wrote a book it would be you know just a story I don't know anyway but I would give that romantic no but I don't know I don't know what I'd write I can't tell you but giving that story that's your own personal experience and then giving that to someone to edit who doesn't understand or know that for me I I would see that as a challenge yeah because they're they're coming to it with a you know with a red pen more or less and basically saying no change this change that don't do this move this and it's like hold on this is this is my story you're talking about well I had someone that was gonna basically she said oh I'll just um you know rewrite it a bit and it was just she was going to totally change it and I didn't want to lose my voice in the way that I wrote it so I sort of said oh, no and I you know found someone else but there are some really awesome editors out there it's just a case of being patient I guess is the biggest thing because I was in a bit of a a bit of a rush to get it done <laughs> and sort of you know got different people to help when I probably could have done some of the stuff on my own or, or just found a key editor and then a, a good publishing company ph books were fantastic they're out in ringwood i ended up getting heaps of great success with them and it was reasonable to do because you never know how successful it's going to be well thank you carla for sharing all about your your book back body and soul the dr cleveland way you're welcome and thank you for being on the show and, and sharing all things osteo 
Yeah, you're welcome. And Johnny said that he's looking at it now, so he must have gone to the oh, web page. Oh, yay, Johnny! So, so hopefully Pro- you find I love something. proactive people. See, yes, yeah, see, Johnny's one of those people. He just says it and does it. Yep, go All right, it. so... That's, I guess, the end of our show. So you've been listening to Basha. This is Leilink on Joy 94.9. Good night. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.